0: Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tables, with your host, Rob Bradley. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 12, I believe... Wow, a dozen under the belt—that's amazing. Twelve weeks of podcasting, crikey, with one break as well. We didn't have a break. We We only had one so far. It's pretty good, I think, isn't it? Not too bad.
1: Not too bad. Yeah,
0: one break. Yeah. How you guys doing? You well?
2: Excellent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know James isn't particularly uh,
3: (laughs) the (laughs) way James. Oh,
2: what happened, James? Yeah, I didn't Um, even get to hear this story. I've
3: broken. I've broken a toe. Um, the, the, not the biggest one, uh, the second biggest one. Um, uh,
2: kicking oh Kicking no. the bottom
3: of someone's foot, playing sports ball. Um, sports <laughs> ball. What's yeah. what's sports ball? Uh, All is, the sports. It, it's, it's football. <laughs> it's every um, sport at once. Um, really? But, uh, but <laughs> I've I've heard other DMs jokingly refer to um, any any sport as sports ball uh, <laughs> in, a, in a feigned ignorance of of the fact that sports exist and have their own individual names.
2: Um, <laughs> that's that's what i call it ball ball play play ball ball. they're they're all the same thing (laughs) cool yeah
0: exactly So you basically like run around with a bat that you have with a bat a baseball (laughs) bat and you've got a ball that you have to bounce (laughs) with the bat and then you've got to hit the ball into a goal that is basically a net but it's like a big (laughs) goal (laughs) but it's it's a a really really wide standing
2: up net right
0: (laughs) wow that's cool
3: I see you've played Aussie rules for uh, football. <laughs> played yeah. Played. yeah, that's yeah, how it that's works.
0: That's what the... the Aussies did, wasn't it? They're like, yeah. oh, this game's fucking stupid. Let's <laughs> just pick it up and <laughs> give it yeah, a fucking many, kick. <laughs>
3: as many sports as we can. We'll just stuff it all in here. <laughs> yeah, that'd be right. You know
2: what? We'll throw in some crocodiles because why not?
3: <laughs> yeah, right. i it at you
2: from the sidelines. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so I did that, and then after playing on it for about forty-five minutes and just making sure to not use that foot for as much as possible, someone stamped on it, and, uh, uh, and, then, no. and, and, <laughs> and then agonizing <laughs> sensations
2: later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so. It's uh, so it's so a sorry. lovely
3: purpley black <laughs> at the
0: moment.
3: Nice. Uh, <laughs> which which toe? Which,
0: which toe is Ooh. it?
3: uh set the second but the one next to the big one on my left foot i oh, went down i'm yeah. left footed oh, so it was not ideal. oh no playing, playing right footed the entire is the,
0: na- is, is the nail intact
3: the nail is intact um it's That'd just in the bones, the bones. <laughs> it's just um, bone underneath <laughs> um <laughs> oh. it's just
0: become gravel yeah <laughs>
3: well, it, i'm I, glad you, we're you, laughing oh, you about it i can hear it crunch when it got <laughs> oh it. jesus oh, God. God. ah yeah, and then i screamed and then like just everyone stopped <laughs> well like, and i was like oh Whoop. it's just you know i mentioned before i think i thought i'd broken my toes definitely it's definitely gone out. <laughs> it's broken
2: all right yeah oh no and welcome now, to how- 30 yeah right like,
3: yeah, yeah right exactly, yeah oh yeah it's your birthday wasn't piling it up. Yeah, last Ooh. last last week it was yes, my birthday. Was. Believe,
2: so uh, so was, it begins. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: yeah. Uh, everything aches. My knees hurt in the morning. My back hurts. Mm. And I now make weird noises when I stand up from chairs. So I've yep. been told that's yep. not perfectly yep. normal. That's uh, perfect. <laughs> See, Doctor, the two, you're
2: just thirty. Congratulations.
0: The two the two words left and right will no longer be in your vocabulary because you'll just have my bad side and my good side. It's like it's like it's my bad arm and my good arm. <laughs> uh, that's literally. That's be. scary. How
2: true that is. Actually, I have yeah, never, right. I've never thought about it, Rob. Now I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've no got
0: upside. I've got a bad I've got a bad shoulder. My left shoulder is a bad shoulder. It's always hmm. been like really cricky. But I think it's because whenever I, was, when I used to work in um, in London, I'd be on the phone and I'd have my elbow right on the desk like this, ah. my hand like that. And I'd be like, yeah, hello. Da-da-da-da. But Leaning every day, desk. eight yep. hours a day, just like sat like this. Um, and yeah, I think it just bugged my, my shoulder up yeah
3: i've got a tried yeah, elbow already um yeah, notice. Yeah. If, I, if i lift anything heavy uh, that hurts <laughs> oh, <laughs> like God, it, this... makes, it almost like like makes a, like a little popping noise when i like lift anything above my head Ooh.
2: oh fun Pop. um all right well yeah, since we're comparing I sprained my ankle. <laughs> I sprained my ankle in January, and it never healed properly because it was one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, it's a sprain. I've had one before. You know what? What is the doctor going to do? Tell me to rest and put ice on it. Why should I go? So I'm like, I'll just, I'll just wait it out. And it was awful. But like a couple of weeks later, it started to look a little bit better, and all right, I can walk on it again, you no, know, without too much issue. But then I realized it set incorrectly. Oh nice. So now it is constant. Yeah. Like I have to carefully walk on it. I can't just mindlessly put regular pressure. It's like I'm walking on eggshells, only with my right foot, which is just the greatest. Yeah. So, yep, gotta get that fixed. (laughs) Well, you guys, if you break again, you can set it properly. Anyway, I'm ready. Right. right. That's honestly, I was like kind of hoping for that to happen. (laughs) Have you you guys ever suffered a D
0: and D injury?
2: Ooh, oh yeah, uh, we gotta bring this back to D D. This is a D podcast talking
1: about
2: def, a
0: def, uh, Standing on D4 <laughs> was pretty
1: bad.
2: Yeah. Uh D D related okay. injury. I once threw the dice too hard and I overextended my shoulder in excitement. And yeah. Or no, actually, the best <laughs> D D injury was when um my players rolled two nat twenties in, in a row where they needed it really badly, and I was so excited for them. I stood up from the seat to like be like, "Yeah, you did it!" And my knees both collided into the table ah. and sent everything <laughs> spilling everywhere. And my knees hurt for like a week. Oh so god,
3: bad. yeah. I, I, I
2: was too enthusiastic about the win.
3: It's a it's a oh, contact man. sport, D and D. Um, oh, yep. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. you got hmm. to <laughs> wear pads when you play d
0: man. Yeah. Hey, look, the yeah, balls yeah, are weirdly shaped,
3: but they're still technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, brilliant. Goodness. Brilliant. Well, we had our November um, live stream at the weekend. I hope uh, some of our listeners tuned into it. It was uh, a great success. Yeah. Did you guys watch it?
3: Yeah. I caught I caught a little bit of it, but I was at the beach Saturday and Sunday, so oh, as didn't, you didn't as you
0: as you did it was, a, yeah, it was it was hot at the weekend, wasn't it? Mm, Crikey. it was so
3: hot.
1: yeah,
0: it's a good job no, the, studi- the studio the studio had air conditioning, which is good, so no one got ah, yes. up in there. But, but nice. yeah, good effort, good effort to everyone. Shout out to our DMs. Congratulations. We had Anna, Chris, Jordan, Harry, Jack, and I think that's oh. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who are we? Oh, yeah,
3: if it's not. No, we'll no, we'll, no, we'll no. do an errata next week, but we're like yeah, yeah, DM. Yeah. We forgot yeah. last week. We're so sorry. Yeah, well
2: right. done no. to you guys if you are listening. Yeah. yeah, you did a it's actually job. a test to see which of our DMs are listening. So if exactly. you did hear your name and you were part of the of the <laughs> yeah. stream, congrats, you passed.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. 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 I'll probably get an angry email at some point, but hey. hey. <laughs> I there was you there. <laughs> I can't wait to match I love our guys Rob. i love going guys Oh
2: my god! That was almost a Peter Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Sorry.
0: Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Cool. So, um, what news we got uh, this week then, James? Uh, So,
3: news-wise, there is a new On Earth Arcana for fighter class um, that looks really cool. The brawler. Um, The brawler. brawler. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because obviously at first first glance and first sound it sounds like it's gonna be one of those um where it's like a yeah like a pub tavern brawler it's gonna be like a less good monk but actually uh it is that um and um but there is more so yeah you've got your standard Mm. stuff that you'd expect so lots of improvised weapons um which uh from what people have said makes things a little tricky for the dm um but you essentially what they want you to do is just add actual weapon stats to unarmed attacks right. which is cool so you can change between the damage types which as the rule stand doesn't really make too much difference what kind of damage you do for a, in a lot of cases whether it's bludgeoning piercing or slashing but sure. if you're a dm who likes to add stuff um, to the game maybe from older editions or just going forward you're like well no i want there to be a difference and a reason for people to take bludgeoning or slashing or do piercing damage on certain stuff so sure. i think skeletons used to have um like a uh, vulnerability to bludgeoning damage. Bludgeoning. they still do they yeah. still
2: do in 5a they? yeah yeah
3: okay i have yeah i, completely I was i was running a skeleton encounter
2: <laughs> i was running a, a frost giant skeleton <laughs> encounter last night and I was I was looking at it because this thing's massive and deals like uh, 3d12 plus seven on its axe hit and stuff. And I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, it's vulnerable to bludgeoning, just like a regular skeleton. Oh, oh, I wonder if right, that's, that's something they've there.
3: put back in because I feel like the original. No,
2: there's always been in there, James. You're fired. Oh, goddamn.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Casualness
2: <laughs> that that came get, out. Uh, you get, know. get out. Get out. <laughs> Shit,
3: yeah. I've, 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 I've quickly gone to check myself. Prof- no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he's too looking. Save him. Um, oh, okay, I've, fine.
0: That's <laughs> the saving grace. it's is saving grace, then.
3: I've checked, and you are both correct. Not lie down to you features. for a second, but it's definitely one of those things I should have checked before I uh, wrecked myself. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Don't
2: worry about it. it's all good.
3: I I know that there <laughs> there there are definitely stuff that, that is missing. That was one that. I knew used to have one. I thought I didn't anymore, but um,
2: but um, there okay. is there is a lot. I don't of really stuff use skeletons, so I don't
3: I think it's ever come up in a game Ooh. that I've run. So that's actually okay, really handy. I tend to use ghouls
2: and zombies. And ghouls not. and zombies are great. they yeah, are. are, are somewhat better. <laughs> ghouls
0: are good. Ghouls, ghouls are really quite terrifying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. just I, I don't
2: have any skeleton. and
3: gas. And gassed, in, yeah, and yeah, gas. Yeah, are great. Yeah, yeah. I
0: love the I love the undead. The whole undead like. Repertoire of monsters is fantastic, isn't it? The
2: the yeah, best sorry. part is to yes, there's so many fantastic individual undead monsters. You know, mm. you have things like the lich and weird things like the boneless and stuff. But mm. anything can be undead. Like that's the beauty of it, right? You can take oh, yeah, literally sure. anything and make it somewhat more terrifying by saying its skin is falling off. You know, like an <laughs> undead balet, or I don't, I don't know, and I, even mm. undead dragons. We've got you know uh, yeah, dracoliches. Yeah, yeah. Too. so mm-hmm. yeah really I, I love the versatility of that one class and that's what makes i think um haunted dnd games or or horror dnd games so effective because not only is it built for that kind of thing right these things are horrible um yeah. but you can make anything you want happen just by saying well it died and some weird necromantic magic brought it back to life in this yeah right or whatever it is you know they can be as stupid or as intelligent as you want, and as strong or as weak as you want. It's fantastic.
0: Basically, it gives the DM agency to be an arsehole.
2: Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yep, yep. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> thought you killed him? Well, you didn't. He's uh, back. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They picked up his pace. They cast some true resurrection on him. They didn't need any body parts, even though you burned it in the lava. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done that before. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm actually... Like, so, like James, I actually... Oh my, sorry. One of ahead.
3: my all-time favorite monsters is a death knight.
2: Oh, the death knights so, are cool. The death
0: knight. Yeah. Oh. I've never I've never I've never run one of those. Are they what are they like brutal.
2: They're the <laughs> dark paladins effectively. Yeah. They're they're dark super paladins. Yeah, they're cool. super intense dark paladins okay. that um basically broke their oaths so hard that they and <clears throat> usually killed themselves in the process or something like that, but then were brought back by dark powers too forever plague the land and they can do cool things like um oh i actually heard about why this is a thing they have an ability which is like a um they're they're, i I forget what it's called it's like their death orb or something like that
1: yeah it's it's a yeah
2: yeah, hellfire orb it's a 20 foot radius explosion of bullshit i think it's what 10d6 fire and 10d6 necrotic yeah 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 Yeah? (laughs) james you look like you're reading the mm now you're like i'm I'm backing up everything i'm saying yeah so um the reason for that is because that used to be an actual spell in the game that paladins could could take um yeah and now they were like oh okay we're going to preserve that element of it just as a feature rather than a spell that is accessible to to players but like yeah back in second edition or something like that that Hellfire Orb was a real spell. I'm like, oh. Twenty so d8 damage as a base.
3: That's like a nice level, then, right? That's
2: yeah, probably big, who knows. Mass- <laughs> it's massive. Yeah,
3: um, yeah. yeah I've I've used it on my players before, but they were level five, so I I didn't use the Hellfire Orb. Because...
2: <laughs> I was gonna uh, say uh,
0: 70, 70 damage to a to. Whoa, I think that would
2: be excessive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have right. to pass way, a, D, I s-
0: a DC eighteen dexterity saving throw.
2: Yeah,
3: I wanted them as a recurring villain, so I just yeah. I I had them gain more and more power every time they met and had leveled up in between.
2: Such a cool, I, I I such a cool it. enemy. Who's the? And look, it's just an undead. It's just a dude in a in a suit of armor that isn't living anymore, and yet it has and and like they're typically seen with uh, nightmares, right? As in like the fiery horses and stuff. Yeah. So awesome.
3: Yeah, I think I had mine riding guys. a wyvern.
2: Ooh. Oh sweet
3: sick it's
0: pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so sick.
3: Death. Villain. I really I really I really liked him.
0: <laughs> it, is one, it is wonderful how much you can do with D and D, isn't it? Like the stuff yeah. they give you that you can just literally take this character here and just really flesh them out as a bad guy, give him a load of lore, yep. why why it's a, why there's this death knight, make him make him your main sort of antagonist in the story and really go to town on it. So great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, honestly a, a blast. Yeah. Um, cool. So I was actually so reading through the the brawler notes, the PDF now, uh, yes. James, and I see exactly what you mean. You know who I feel like inspired all of this? Um, Olga from the D and D movie. For those of you who have watched it, played yeah, by Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. I feel like if you want to make that character, this is what you take, or like you you multi class barbarian and fighter, right? To to mm-hmm. have this unarmed yeah. uh, brawler expert guy, um, and it's pretty good. Um, yeah. 1d6 plus your strength mod and if you aren't holding any weapons or a shield when you make an attack roll the d6 becomes a d8, that's not bad hmm. for I for think, um,
3: from what I've seen as well, it would be, it's not just um playing like a bar brawly sort of like loosey-goosey just punch I think later, you could build a brawler to be something like um Bullseye from Daredevil where they're taking mm. like improvised weapons to like assassinate. If you, that's if you a pair it with a rogue to... with like yeah, with rogue as well for like sneak attack damage, like okay, they've taken all my weapons uh as I go into the embassy. Okay, great. Well I pick up a pen off the desk and I throw it in the guy's throat in one swift yeah, motion pretty... to get my all sneak right. attack damage off.
2: Who wants to see a magic trick? <laughs> yeah, yeah <you're> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
0: gone. It's, it's gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> so good. That that scene was um, like I was like, okay. I was like, okay, cool. This is this is where we are then. Awesome. I was like, It is okay. a
2: masterclass in oh. writing. That whole oh, every yeah. every scene of that film, obviously, but that mm. that one scene in particular, I I will rewatch because it takes two concepts, one that you're familiar with and one that's entirely new and shows you how to perfectly mash them together Mm -hmm. like that's how you do it that's how you get this one weirdo to be feared by the whole room it tells you everything you need to know ahead of the movie about the joker right absolutely to blow up the whole room because you're like let's not blow this out of proportion you
0: know exactly show don't tell
2: right right
0: yeah really 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 powerful i was listening to um quentin tarantino uh, on on youtube talking about there will be blood you know that film with daniel yeah. lewis
1: yeah
0: oh what a great film yeah. he was just talking about how how much like quentin tarantino he was like he was like he's like i really wish i was the one that made that film he said because <laughs> like because he said that it's because the guy who made it um i forget his name mm, uh, the director but he's but quentin tarantino he's like he said like I, like he's he's like he's like the guy that i he's like i i sort of look at him and i look at his work and i'm just like oh he makes me want to be a better director
2: Wow, that's awesome. like, that's he's, cool. That cool he's still inspired by it. Uh, mm. Paul Thomas Anderson. That's right, Paul director. Thomas Anderson.
0: Yeah, the director yeah. of Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He said he said that he was um, in the him. in the film. Yeah. The first the first twenty minutes of the film is mostly silent, but it literally right. shows you. It's it's it sets the stage of, of how this guy, who's Daniel Day Lewis is playing, is basically like a money hungry industrial tycoon. But he's, he's in that mineshaft. I don't know if you guys have seen the film. And the, there's an explosion. Mm-hmm. And he has to leave the gold that he finds. And he has to get back to this town. But in order to get back to that town, because he broke his leg, he literally has to crawl on his arms yep. and legs yeah, yeah. to get back to it. But you don't see that scene. Right. But what you, do, what you do get sort of shown by the fact that he arrives in that town is there is a guy who is willing to do all that it takes in order to find his fortune and that's like and that's like so powerful that it really sets up this this guy it's like yeah. it's like is he evil maybe maybe not but he's definitely greedy and he definitely yeah. wants a fortune and he's going to do anything he can to get it and I, I, I was like I'm trying to do is saying all of this and I'm like well I know what film I'm watching tonight when I
2: go. yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs>
1: because it is my boy
2: yeah what yeah, a exactly. what a powerful Sir. film oh
0: so good he's such a good villain as well Anti-hero. Yeah. or have you want to sort of place him you can't really place him
2: yeah well the kid that plays the the priest or the reverend or whatever he yeah. is that's eli that's yeah eli oh my god talk about like a, a turn on your head villain he doesn't need to be menacing yeah. he just needs to be there and committed
3: you yeah, know, in totally. if he's,
2: it's um, it reminds me a lot for those of you who have watched, uh, and I hope you guys have because it's incredible. Midnight Mass, on no, Netflix. No, yes. I've not yeah. seen it.
0: I don't see it. Uh, write it down. Uh,
2: I I won't spoil it for you, Rob, because it's it, it it's a slow burn. It can be a little hard to get into in the very beginning, but once you realize what's going on, your yeah. brain explodes, and everything is oh, high yeah, stakes okay. after that. Cool. Um, it take give give it a, a fair chance. Give it a few episodes. It's also especially growing up as a religious person or in a very religious household, especially mm. a Catholic household that just, it clicked on so many levels. I was like, really? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the sort of, <clears>
1: Hmm,
2: <throat> I'm going to be careful with what I say on the podcast, okay, but yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. It, it plays really well into that small town America, um, yeah. obsessed with how, you know, how the community revolves around the church basically. Sure. And, but at the same time, it's a great just horror piece in and of itself. And if you break it down to its, to the very itty bitty, it's a it's a monster movie, right? Like it's Sweet. just at its simplest, it is a monster movie, and it's great. Cool. Yeah. Well, Halloween's really, around
0: the corner, so I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I might may, maybe I'll have to watch that. Yeah, there we go. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I do like a bit of Halloween. I love horror films. I really <laughs> do. I, I can't stand watching them. When I'm watching them, I'm like, oh ah, why, why did I make this decision? But then afterwards, I'm like, Fucking hell, that was great.
2: So what you're saying to me is because I just did this over the over last week. You want to come with me to the Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights and go oh, through yeah. all of the haunted experiences and yeah. uh, see yeah, how yeah. that works out? that be cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was well, it was a that. blast. We did a lot of them. We we were there oh, because wow. they do it um, in the evenings. Yeah. So we I think we were there from like about six to two in the morning, and oh, wow. it, oh yeah, and it was just. Haunted house after haunted house after haunted house, you know, with the jump scares and the creepy music and they started doing something really weird, which I don't I don't know if I like it or not. They started adding smells to the rooms so <laughs> it really becomes like a more oh, interactive good. experience because Fantastic. at one point we watched and we walked into like a butcher room right where yeah. they were butchering obviously pigs but also humans um and they had this i, I recognized the smell it was that smell of like a rancid sort of um, fake stage blood smell um, but it was, it was really too much. Like I felt like, ah, that it doesn't really put me into it. It just makes me uncomfortable and annoyed at the smell, you know, because it was that bad.
3: So a while ago they released when resident evil seven came out to accompany yeah. it because you could play it in VR. Uh, they mm-hmm. released a blood and something scented candle,
2: um, Stop. that you could light oh while you were
3: playing God. it. And I was oh, sort of, I, I was gutted. I never, wow. um, I never got a chance to like get <laughs> hold of one. But I, as someone I know did, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, it smelled like blood. <laughs>
2: yeah. It was real can I, realistic." <laughs> can I be honest with you? So I, I did end up playing through Resident Evil Seven, and it is a good game. But that's the one game that I couldn't actually play in VR. Pe- not because of the dizziness thing. Mm-hmm. It was actually just far too creepy. I'm normally oh, yeah. really good with with creepy stuff i'll watch horror movies i even through these haunted experiences yeah your your heart jumps a little when you're surprised but i was never like terrified i was like oh oh, whatever but resident evil 7 i couldn't get down the first hallway without freaking out because of the the atmosphere was so well built The, the the dread the silence of it all the fact that your footsteps feel so loud in this mm. echoing, dark, yellow '70s yeah. hallway, and when you—I oh, I got to the door and it was like it's locked, and I'm like, I can't I mean, do this. I gotta turn around. I can't <laughs> do <this. There's laughs> something behind <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I and mean, when you're when when you I, can't I, see I, the environment <laughs> around you, you're like,
3: shit, nope, nope, nope. I couldn't play it for more than like ten, fifteen minutes at a time yeah. because my heart would be like beating out <laughs> my chest. <laughs> it,
2: was, it was. I'm gonna, was, to
3: I'm gonna have to get it. Terrifying get it, it. get it in vr like,
2: if you really it, want yeah, to get it yeah, in really VR. vr
3: just be prepared Ooh. for that because
2: that okay, is... Sweet. It, it is a lot it is a lot it's there a were lot. like some people that <laughs> even like complained about it because it was just too much but, oh, yeah. okay sweet yeah, yeah
3: i mean it really shows off like the capabilities of vr as an immersive experience mm. so more than anything else because by god was i immersed <laughs> oh, <laughs> i wow. fear for my actual life <laughs> yeah it would well, it definitely
0: I'm... would be great to see vr with d like how how could that be done oh, do you think
3: yeah. i think on pc there is like um you can do like a virtual tabletop where it looks like you're at a tabletop with like 3d miniatures and and like stuff mm. like that that's okay. cool and i think yeah. they are bringing pro like people are developing programs where you can in vr inhabit your character in a dungeon look around that's
2: awesome um That'd be yeah. amazing. and then obviously then awesome. sort
3: of come out of that and then sit around the table but you could also sort of zip into the character and look around the 3d environment and that's that so looks cool. awesome but at the moment obviously only pc
2: mm. well um, in a world where ar is a thing now right yeah. augmented reality where it just mm. takes if you if you scan the landscape around you it builds out into it like imagine oh, transforming Go, your God. living room right yeah pokemon God Go does again, that right. there's a few others that do it even better than that um, but imagine pointing your 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 phone or your tablet at this area, especially if you're playing online, actually, and it suddenly transforms it into the room that the DM is describing, or he you know he has it built yeah, out. That would, like, be, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, where how how far are we away from that with all the AI technology?
0: Have you guys seen Unreal um, Five? Is it Unreal no, Five? No, no, no. I know.
2: Oh, well, you were talking about it. You said how like yeah, you the put in engine. A prompt from it and yeah it on chat gpt and it'll build it for yeah, you yeah, yeah. insane.
0: same if you have a look at on um, on youtube uh type in unreal 5 demonstration um landscapes that. that type of thing you'll honestly the the videos insane. are just <laughs> oh god it's like it's like it's like if that's if that's where games are going and game environments are going it's going to be i'd say probably in the next five or ten years we're going to be we're going to struggle to tell the difference
2: right awesome Let's do it. I'm ready for That's Ready up. Player One. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I jack want that me, life. In. me no. in. I don't care if <laughs> capitalism and society falls apart around me, as long as I can <laughs> get. But
0: when, but when you think about it, when we're old guys, when we're old guys, the technology is going to be so insane
1: mm-hmm. that
0: we'll literally be young again. We're going to just go. Dum. I'm a young guy. Yep. Yeah, Here I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm a young guy. I will be around. around. I can okay. do what the hell I want. Here yeah. I am. Yeah. I'll just put, put my brain in a jar and just jack me in. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll be like, right, make me forget that I ever had a life, and actually this is my life. And They're then that will happen,
1: impossible.
0: but actually this is what's happening now and everything's just like on a repeat. Ah! Oh, wow. okay. yes. <laughs>
2: what is reality?
0: Get me out of here! Uh, Take, support. Like Take support! Take support! Gameception.
2: <laughs> That's, that, we'll make this movie. It'll be called Gameception, and we'll we'll just spin a D20 instead of a top and see where Yeah. Yes. yeah exactly
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: like oh fuck
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah, anyway, cool. back to uh,
3: it. It. yeah so funny. back to the news <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, how do we feel about DuckTales uh,
2: I, I love DuckTales like, how do we feel We're about most we apocalyptic
3: have? settings <laughs> yes but in an
0: apocalyptic setting
3: Yep, uh, there is okay, a cool. DuckTales inspired RPG, which is a, a hellish version of the classic cartoon.
2: Oh my um, god. There's been,
3: um, I think they're doing a print run now. It was released um, a while ago, like online, but they are now doing a print version of DuckBorg, um, who is done by the same people <laughs> as MorkBorg. Um, oh my goodness. RPG, and it is, yeah. All that's the whimsy incredible. of the childhood cartoon you know and love, combined with a post-apocalyptic setting.
2: <laughs> um, uh, I'm yeah. trying to picture what the what the DuckTales theme sounds like set to the Last of Us music right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. is like a hurricane. Oh, it's much
3: sadder than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just,
2: oh. How? Yeah, that's
0: that's a very interesting. Imagine Dash they were up. sat. They were sat around. They're going. Okay, so we've got. So we've got the Ducktales IP. have got the DuckTales IP. What can we do with it? Uh, well, we yeah. can always put them in an apocalyptic setting.
2: Yep, done. Uh, Great. I Great. Your idea, Jeff. sir. We'll just yeah, make it.
0: Don't
3: happen. know that they've like, got how... the IP. Uh, I oh, think it, right, it's, right, right, It's inspired.
2: It's, it's, it's inspired.
3: Heavily inspired by, <laughs> and there is definitely a Darkwing Duck esque looking character
2: yep.
3: um, that's been created. But you know, it's just a. Oh wow. You know, a noir. How do they is, up... get? How do they get around
2: that? disney oh um, my god is there yeah. a vault full of gold that you can oh, you can dive into, into. i yeah, mean right. if that's not without your, breaking like... your skeletal frame yeah. <laughs> yeah. can i can i tell you a little a little uh side i don't know that i've ever talked about this on the podcast it's a little side story you've got so, a
0: vault full of gold
2: yeah, right <laughs> surprise you swim around in <laughs> <laughs> my my um end of one of my roll dark campaigns i had a A couple of players who were playing selfish characters, definitely not selfish people, just selfish characters. Um, One of them obviously being the cliche rogue. And at the end of the game, because they had helped out a deity basically save the Feywild, they all got a wish Uh, and she would help, you know, do their wish. But I told them the way I run wish spells is the more collaborative and selfless the wish is, the more likely the spirit of your wish will be accomplished the Got more it. selfish and generally shitty the 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 way you word your wish, then that will be more my interpretation and you have to be much yeah. more careful with how you phrase your wish in order to try rule. and make that happen, right? Good rule. So in, in in other words, just trying to encourage like, you know, if you're if you're trying to make the world end with a wish, it probably won't happen the way you I ideal or you sort yeah. of think of it.
0: Your world ends.
2: Right. Exactly. Your world ends. So mm. With this rogue, he wished for a, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, Ducktales esque gold vault that he could dive into and that it would self replenish every every uh, that it would self replenish its gold. He actually didn't even specify how much. He also failed to specify in this very selfish wish that was just about making money if there was any gold in the vault at all. He just wished for a vault in the vein of ducktails. <laughs> he didn't say it had to be full. So sure enough, there was, I think, an illusion cast over the top of the vault that made it look like it was full of gold, like a, but a, an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And so when he dived down into it, he took something like 10d6 bludgeoning damage because <laughs> he landed on the bottom of it. And it did replenish money, but only money that he would throw into it at the rate of one extra a year. They didn't specify right. how much
3: interest rate for. Wow. very so. slow. In the thing. <laughs> it's wow.
0: basic, oh, so basically, JC, so you, you created a retail bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I created the modern banking system. You created a modern banking system, modern banking system. Yeah. <laughs> right But yeah, yeah. So um don't don't wish for shitty things in my games, guys. This is what happens.
3: <laughs> oh, oh. I had um, had a final battle for. Um, One of my games, I gave them a deck of many things, and they with like twelve cards in, and they drew every single
2: one. No, so by by the end of it,
3: three were just in horrible positions. Oh, one they and the order they drew it in also just was horrible. So they drew the get a a keep and wealth. Those two were drawn, and then a, a couple of draws later, lose oh <laughs> you lose all of that lose it all yeah brilliant. Really, yeah. we're rich oh we're poor, well, we're poor I mean, again. my soul's been banished to into some sort of horrible gem
2: plane or something yep yeah yep. <laughs> Christ. Uh, the devil's did, one is a lot of fun or the flames card where the, yeah. the powerful devil becomes your arch nemesis and will try yeah, and screw you over every chance it gets and i'm like uh i I think with this one, I don't know if Alex listens to this podcast, but shout out to Alex. This was from our Advent of the Absolute games, which you might remember, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had this wonderful tiefling character, a tiefling, who um, yeah was a warlock, and he was trying to basically realize um, why Lavistus was trapped and and help him get out of that. And he never knew this, but as he drew the flames card they thought that it was other devils that were trying to, the other guy who rules where Levistus currently does, I forget his name right now. It's not Bell, it's something else. Um, But basically the, oh, something with a G. Um, But the the devil, the archdevil that rules Levistus's layer of hell, and he was like, oh, you're trying to free him? I am now your public enemy number one. I'm going to try and destroy you. But in fact, Garion, that's his name. But in fact, it wasn't Garion. It was actually Asmodeus himself who wanted Levistus in prison because he put him there in the first place for you know various and sundry reasons. So the whole time they have these devils constantly sort of messing things up and cheating him out of money and things like that. But it's actually Asmodeus pulling all the strings like Satan himself, if you don't know d d lore, like the, the mm-hmm. ultimate devil. So, yeah, you can have a lot of fun with the deck of many things, right. which never used him. Might be a segue to the next oh. piece of news, James.
0: Oh, oh, he set it nice, up. Nice Maybe. Nice. Uh,
3: there is, a course, now available for pre-order uh, on d Beyond anyway, um, and I imagine physical copies too, uh, that's releasing on November 14th, The Book of Many Things, um, hey. which looks yeah. like it has a couple of new backgrounds, feats, um, some new spells, 30 new monsters, um and more importantly more than 50 new magic items uh which if you give out magic items at the same rate that i do to my players because i'm a generous and (laughs) benevolent dm um you will be running out of stuff to give them and will need new things
2: Yeah. do you do do you do griffin saddlebag and stuff like that for more magic items
3: oh no i don't know i've sticked
2: Within hardcore the, with the five E stuff.
3: With the with the five E rules. There's some and, and and then I homebrew a lot. Of right stuff. Right. Um but just that stuff that I, I make up. Um nice. So uh I do <clears> get through <throat> the standard stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, or, there's there's
2: yeah a limited I'm amount. constantly
3: finding that I want items to do certain stuff and then being like, Oh, well there's not a thing that does that. I'm gonna create that, I guess. Yep. So yep. luckily d d Beyond lets you save it all, so you can just go in um, like a specific, I made like specific types of weapons for a campaign, made of a specific oh, cool. metal that was that the enemies they were fighting were weak to you know, stuff like that. Right, that you, right. That's very specific to like campaign settings. As, yeah, stories. yeah, but still was a, like that, was a,
2: the system gives you that flexibility which is nice. Yeah, yeah,
3: it was to fight mind flares and stuff, so it was a blade um, that specifically did damage to like
2: psionics or being, mind players yeah yeah
3: beholders all that sort of elder brain dragons nice
2: <laughs> you and that elder brain dragon <laughs> i love it
3: so much <laughs>
2: yeah i does the, does, does the
0: book excited. come with the, with the cards
3: um i think uh the online version comes with uh an online version uh of the Ooh no i don't think it does
1: hmm. um
3: it does come create it does come with some lore for the cards, though,
1: okay, um, cool.
3: inside the actual book itself, um, the online version comes with a set of dice, which is what I got confused about, um, and new character sheets and backdrops based on the book. Um, and mm. uh, if, you, if you like d like d Beyond and creating your characters on there, then like the backgrounds and stuff for your character sheets, they're pretty satisfying. And then if you get the PDF versions, then you can print them off and they look kind of cool. Um,
2: Very cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, and it's also got tools for DMs uh, for making traps, uh, and look, there's some location maps, and, and it says nice. and more.
2: And, and and more, we don't know what that more is. More,
3: but stuff for, mm-hmm. stuff for DMs, and you know, that's good, because honestly, there's not a lot in a lot of the books for, uh, like, unless you're running the actual adventure that they're running, there's not a lot of just, like, here's some ideas for traps. I think traps is something that's very thin on the ground mm. in, in the D&D, like, official... Books it's something that people sort of either have to create themselves or go to third parties to use. Yes. Yeah. And that yeah. is
0: and that is exactly why you should go to RollDark Press and buy Ooh. yourself a hundred traps and how to make your own. Indeed. The uh the PDF that's on Rollar Press at the moment. Uh if hmm. you go to how do you where do you go? You should probably know this shouldn't I? Um forward slash hyphen press and it's the third one across
3: and it's there ten
0: ten ninety nine, yeah. and often goes on sale
3: a 100, 100 traps break it
1: 100
3: yeah, traps That's, that's yeah. a lot it's more than, uh, more than more than more than you'll, you'll get through in a campaign probably unless you're doing like a dungeon crawl and you're absolutely
2: you're running to tomb pull. of horrors or tomb of yeah. annihilation yeah, yeah like, <laughs> i've
3: i've got some like traps or puzzles that i will use in, in multiple games i won't ever use the same yeah, one the same me too. twice yeah. but like there's some really like Good ones that I've found. That I'm like, oh, this is perfect for like so many situations. There's one mm. where mm. Uh, it's a locked door. So this this one's for this one's for free guys. Uh okay. It's Ooh. like a teaser Press. It's either like a door or a chest that has got six locks. Uh and next to each uh lock or like keyhole, there is um in a language, it'll either say open or close next to each of them, but it's six different languages. And you can change the language to whatever you want that makes sense for your setting. And they'll just say open or closed. And then you just need to make sure the locks are open and closed in the correct order. Um, and you can make mm. it a pattern. You can make it random. And then you just have adverse things happen if they try it. So if they look at it and they're like, well, there's a couple of languages we don't know. So we can do the ones we do know, get those in the right position. And then we just guess the other the others. Right, um, right. Because they want evaluation. to also like, do checks to pick the locks as well. if because if they don't have keys, I, if I'm honest, I never give them the keys for this. <laughs>
2: um, right.
3: Uh, so they, oh, like so like, a, a check to like make sure they are able to like click the lock into whatever position they want to, um, and then yeah, traps can go yeah. off for if they don't, if they don't manage to do the the um, lockpick check properly, uh, and then if they get them in the wrong order and try and open the door, then something happens as well. So it's nice. It, oh, yeah, cool. it's, yeah, it's a fun puzzle.
2: What um, what um what's your because, of course, it's part riddle, right, mm-hmm. to to get this open, or if you have a comprehend language to spell, you're golden. Um, but what is your damage? Like, what, what the what is the actual adverse effects that happen if you do? What are some examples um, you like?
3: So I like uh, a thunder wave because it pushes them back. So if they're maybe, maybe it's on, like, a thin ledge or something um, mm. <laughs> as well, mm. <laughs> if you're feeling mm. particularly cruel. Um, Great. I like... Um, like arrow um like darts dart traps, yeah, you know, like so yeah yeah, like the the dart, yeah your standard dart like tomb dart, in <clears throat> indiana jones uh yeah yep. blow yeah, yeah. Yep. i mean great inspiration slashing blade like blades, yep. yeah. Of blades.
2: Slashing yeah slashing blades the yes. bridge of um, faith the um the bottomless pit if you step on the wrong tiles um, these are all great classic indiana i've jones got a examples. joke
3: trap that I, that I quite like as well that i'm gonna i'm gonna ramble on about um it's just uh <laughs> it's just a chest Um, and um, it's got a spring the players can find that there's like a spring mechanism inside it if they inspect it to see if there's a trap um, that's going to shoot something out Uh, and then if they activate it what happens is the trap opens and it shoots out and it's just a dead limp snake that Someone has <laughs> put, in, put in the trap and be like, "Yeah, it will throw a snake at them, and then it's been there for a hundred years."
2: And it's, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just you take <laughs> one bludgeoning three. damage as the spring yeah, exactly. does enough damage to <laughs> you yeah. yeah, exactly. Falls. You
3: take one damage as the as the, <laughs> the dead, lip dead, snake. dead snake. <laughs> God, collides with
2: you. Oh that's gosh, cool. that's funny. <laughs> is, yeah. I do. I, I, I do
0: one when uh, where you've got these uh, two statues either side of a door. Yeah. And one statue will be of like a, a king or a queen. And they, they're sort of sat on their throne and they're looking really fed up. And they're just sort of like their, hand, their heads in their hand. And they're just like, like this. That's how
2: you get bad elbows. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Oh God, there's a running theme here, isn't there? Um, and then, and then the other statue is of a worker who's looking like he's like resting on his or she's resting on like a, a broom or something. That they're also looking like really fed up and sort of like, oh, you know, I wish this day was would be over and da da da. And and the um <clears throat> the the thing that you have to do in order to get into the room is you have to mm. tell tell them a joke. Oh, yeah, to, to, like cheer, to cheer, them up. i like that but i make I like it that. i make it really vague as possible so i've had, I've had people be like maybe you need to take a short rest because they're both like overworked
2: oh, which is quite good as
0: well so that's like, a good looks, one. sometimes when they've taken like ages to figure out if they pick that one i'll go yes that's correct and yeah the yeah, door yeah, opens. yeah I, <laughs> right
2: the mark of a good dm is if they come up with a cleverer solution than you did let them roll with it don't exactly. be like no that's not yeah, it yeah, right. exactly just let them have it i have so okay these were these were funny traps i have a very unfunny one this is only and i can't take credit for it i got it from from uh from i think reddit um you guys are familiar with the ninth level spell prismatic wall yep. it's the one where it produces colors of the rainbow and you can set it up however you like Um, but basically the way it works is every layer of the rainbow that you pass through it deals you, I think it's 10d6 damage of an appropriate element. So for the red layer, it's fire. For the blue layer, it's cold. For the green layer, it's poison, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. But it also comes with an additional effect. So for instance, you pass through the fire layer, I think it's just fire. But if you pass through the poison layer, you might be poisoned. If you pass through the yellow layer, you have to you take a level of exhaustion if you fail your save. And they're yellow all deck might be saves.
3: Poisoned, I think, or, or right,
2: right. Yeah. Um, this is I'm. Kind of spitballing because i don't remember the specifics um and i think the last one the violet later is you get banished to a demi plane and if you and if you don't get out in time or if you if you fail your next saving throw you're permanently stuck there and someone has to come find you or something to that effect so it's a really like awful yet wonderfully creative uh defensive spell right a very pow- powerful powerful archmage might put it at the front of their lair to sort of discourage people coming through. But that's just the spell, and here's the trap. So, like I said, you can set this wall up in any orientation that you like. So you don't have to make it so that they are walking towards it. You can, for instance, put this above them, like my wizard did. My players walk into the lair of this powerful wizard. They notice that there is a multicolored wall of light above them. Um, It looks like some sort of magical or spell effect. And they're like, huh, that's weird. Well, it's not really doing anything. It's not hindering us from walking over this hallway because it's maybe 10 or 15 feet up in this 30-foot hallway. Let's just proceed. And as they walk, they step on a trap, a button, that if they are not careful, they won't notice, which has a reverse gravity effect on it. So if you step on it, gravity reverses and you start falling up each layer at a time. And when you're falling, you can't control how many layers you voluntarily choose to pass through until you don't. You fall through all of them, right? Progressively getting worse and have to make saving throws no, 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 we're not done. Because then on top of that, once you pass through all layers of the wall, even if you survive whatever, 70 D10 damage, whatever it is, right? Plus all the other effects, you're probably already screwed up a bit, a fair bit at that. Then you take bludgeoning damage and land prone at the top of the wall. And if it's slow fall, you don't, if someone casts slow fall, you don't, but it gets even worse (laughs) because you're slowly passing through each of these layers. But then reverse gravity has an effect time of one minute. So you have one minute to realize that this effect will end. Otherwise, gravity will re-reverse and you will fall back through the wall, the prismatic wall, in reverse order. (laughs) It's the most devious trap and the most yeah, absolute party killer that you've ever heard of. I had it, <laughs> mine actually. So my my players were I think like level eighteen when they walked into this, and I was like, oh yeah, they're and they've given them tons of magic items, and one of the the barbarian had like the tough feet, and I have a homebrew rule about how to roll hit die that gives you more. So he walked in with like three hundred and something health probably, and I had to be like. This is actually too much. I'm gonna make it so that there's magic in the chamber that just knocks them unconscious, and the pri- and the wizard takes them prisoner. Because otherwise, this is a this is a TPKer. It is <laughs> absolutely <laughs> a way to destroy your party. Oh,
3: I'm, I'm using yeah. it. I'm using it <laughs> at like a high level. The reverse
2: high level gravity level. switch is just just the worst. Whoever realized you could put those two together is is a dangerous. person. you can't person. teleport
3: <laughs> through it either. So I don't think once you pass through, you can't then misty step. To the other back side down. Nope. back down
2: nope you're stuck there <laughs> and like it's it's the whole length of the hallway too you have to think of a different yeah. way to get back out you know <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. savage anyway, traps add that to the rolled art d that's
0: cool
3: <laughs>
2: so yeah.
0: james any more news or will be uh just there? just
3: one more so Ooh, uh for the okay. upcoming uh planescape um, book that is coming out uh, WizKids have revealed the D&D Icons of the Realms uh, Planescape Adventures and the Multiverse Character Miniatures, a box set um, that mm. is going to go into retail in March 24 which um, contains all the prominent NPCs that DMs can encounter um, nice. so um, we know their names and I do not know what they do but it may be that they were in previous Planescape Adventures and people will recognise them so I'll go through the names okay. uh, Fell. Uh, Mort, who appears to be a flying skull of some sort, uh, some sort, Mustavol, uh, um Shemeshka, uh, a planar philosopher and a transcendent order conduit and a transcendent order instinct. Um, so interesting. Cool. I'm cool. I'm
2: not familiar with these names either, but yeah, maybe they're references to some older stuff or some streams or something.
3: They, I I will say, looking hmm. at the images of the miniatures they released, they look better quality. Than some of the other WizKids ones that have been released. The, okay. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: I don't, I, I don't get, any, I don't have any of the WizKids stuff because every time I look at it, it just looks shit. <laughs> like yeah, really do badly, a really badly version, painted. Yeah, yeah really yeah. badly painted, just awful.
3: Mm. I, 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 agree. Um, however, if the images that I've that I've got here are accurate to how like the quality of the um, minis, then actually. Very good, I like bet yeah, a lot better than okay ours, than have been.
2: I'm curious, I am excited for this setting, so I've heard a lot of people talk so many good things about it, and I've delved a little bit into it, so I can't wait
3: yeah one of my one of my players um sam um who was one of my first roll players has has been talking about planescape since since i've known him um yeah there you <laughs> go <laughs>
2: cool very nice okay sweet awesome so stuff.
0: um jc any updates in terms of tales from the tables
2: yes so as you had already teased we had the november live stream um, over the weekend and mm. in chris's game we have a submission um in his own words here we go the heroes heard orcs who sounded very much like London Roadmen having a conversation about their mate Steve, who's been infected and become twice the size with pustules everywhere. Nice. They walk in, and after some back and forth, the Tiefling warlock begins to talk Roadman, and convinces them that it's all love to go get the orc's mum and unchain him. The lead orc unchains him, and the huge orc rears up, and cuddles him and t- cuddles him tight in thanks. <laughs> Tiefling Warlock was played by Giselle, who wrote and directed the short film How to Cope with Serial Killing.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice.
2: Amazing. Very, very fun. I am yeah. a big fan of the, you roll a natural one and the orc lovingly strokes your back trope. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's terrifying, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's it's it
3: terrifying. He to, to slap you. He just caresses your face. He caresses <laughs> your
2: face slightly. <laughs> and then, have you? I don't know if you guys have read the rest of this because it's a great bit. Mm. The rest of it goes, um, you know, Twelve years later, as you and Glubthark the Barbarian are raising a family together at, the, at your homestead, you think back on that day at the bar and you just chuckle, <laughs> or something like that. It's yeah. I think my it's, favorite um, was
3: just is the line directly after um, the orc reaches out and caresses your back, and then it's just. You feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you feel uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that's our only submission. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another tale from the table, and you guys tell me um, whether this <laughs> what what your opinions are on this. Um, so uh, this is a Chris Stroud game that I'm running from home or for, for, as my home game, and uh, this happened this week. Um, the players. <clears throat> are evenly divided between murder hobos and really like kind wanting to help out and purge the evil from Barovia and the other ones wow. are just bored and want one combat it is an even split in the party one of them <laughs> is a little bit more of a role player than the others and he's been role playing a character that is slowly being corrupted from the inside by um, a dark gift which takes the form of a symbiote kind of like a venom thing going on inside of him right but he's yes. kind of giving into it rather than resisting, and it's starting to put a lot of pressure on the party. So they're at this point where they're meeting, and I don't want to spoil Curses Fraud too much, so I'm going to kind of be a little generic with the stuff, but they're basically meeting a town official and having a dinner with him. And they've already been hired by an aristocrat in the city to basically work against this town official because this town official is pretty unpopular, Um, The aristocrat wants to make a coup for power, but she wants it handled a very specific way. So she's hired the party just to sort of observe, take notes and uh, eliminate at a very specific time during a big public event, a festival, the captain of the guard, who's this corrupt, super powerful individual. But the, the, the town official leave it to the aristocrat and her little team right don't get involved because they can't have their hands stained with his blood they hated this town official so much i think i gave him a voice like Varys from game of thrones oh all will be well my lord yes the realm someone must and he was just in general kind of a dick to his own wife and his kid and at one point you know, after dinner, they they were like, OK, before we accept the the town official's job, let's reconvene outside the house. They reconvene outside the house and they're like, no, let's I'm bored and this guy sucks. Let's just go in and, and mess him up and send a message, you know. OK, so the party, including the good ones, go along with this. And uh I think. The rogue, or not the rogue, but our our rogue slash monk mix starts trying to climb his way up to the top of the house to see if he can spy and get a better look at what's going on, fails a a save and falls off of the roof on top of one of the guards. And the guards aren't immediately hostile. They just go, oh, god, bloody heck, what are you doing? Get off. And "What what do you think you're up to? Baron, this one's been sneaking about. You know, just trying to see. what's going on the baron shows up at the door and it's like what's the meaning of what is the meaning of this and immediately the party goes ham i think um just the the two guards the 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 town official everybody that's in that area just immediately gets screwed i the the cleric or not the cleric is he cleric the artificer slash wizard casts um dragon's breath on his owl familiar and just roasts these you know regular cr half guards or whatever they are with their 11 hp and the noble with 9 hp just roast them in the doorway but then things start catching fire because it's a wooden house and the wife comes out and even though you know she's not exactly a fan of her husband she's like georgie or whatever his name is and the bard is like oh we can't have witnesses and you know mental prisons or, or tosses cities i forget which one he used but some psychic spell that did like 18 times more health that she had on her person and i just described her head exploding you see the brain pouring out of her ears and stuff like that um, and then they were like oh and the servants too, so they're now they're trying to cut off the exit of the servants, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, this is so not what was supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this is the most massive derail. The good guys, like the good side of the party, is now giving into it and just going ham. And this is why, kids, you always give your players an outlet because if they, if you don't, they'll take it out on the wrong individual and their family and the household staff and any guards that happen to be nearby.
3: So, I have found yeah. that players react most viscerally to people who are rude to them, no matter how good or well-intentioned. If mm. they are, if they, and maybe it's because all, all our players, for the most part, are English and we are very strict in in our. Feelings about etiquette and yeah, fairness. Right. <laughs> but as soon as someone's rude or says the wrong things or is like mm. makes a snippy comment, they're like, "Well, they need to die." <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <They're> ba- basically, <laughs> the Hannibal Lecters of the world. Like, yeah, it?
3: the we Lester can't do Pages this in real, real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't punish people who are rude to me in real life, but I can do it in the game. I have <laughs> I have the ability to Just kill them. But I like, murder
2: well, them because they're rude. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I've encountered that for sure. They're like, oh the the villain yeah we don't care about them so much this one tavern keeper that didn't want or this one shopkeeper that didn't want to give me my discount and was rather rude when i failed my my persuasion check he dies and we're Spoon looting this whole shop
3: <laughs> yeah brilliant uh, I, oh I, okay so i've got a tale from a quick oh tale from the table um but that's reminded <laughs> me of uh, yeah i had um, players who met a very friendly um shopkeeper who they tried to extort basically um and get like massive discounts Tried to essentially they were essentially trying to rob him and they're supposed to be good good characters so uh, what they wanted were i think jugs of endless water mm. uh, they're in a desert in the middle of in the middle of the desert and they were going on a long journey to the desert so eventually um he relented and said he would get them fine i'll get you the best the best and newest jugs of endless water Went to the back, brought them back, two jugs of endless water, party left. Two days later, in the middle of the desert, um, pulled out the jugs of endless water and we're like, great, we're fine, we've got water, let's we'll pour it, have a drink salt water jugs
2: <laughs> no <laughs> so <laughs> admittedly that did Never derail the what kind of water Jesus. yeah you gotta um, be specific with your requests guys
3: <laughs> they immediately went back to try and find the the shopkeeper and he had mysteriously left town so that derailed the company while they so <laughs> were like well we're, in. we're, hunt- we're hunting him for screwing us over, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: screw the desert adventure you had planned. This is now yeah. a uh, urban caper. Uh, find the yeah. shopkeeper who sold them the shitty yeah. drinks of water. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, brilliant! <laughs> I'm well, actually doing a bit of uh, desert travel in a different game, in mm. um, in my private game on Thursdays, Rob, and um, they're yeah, they're in the middle of it right now. I I find I love desert themed adventures mm. and anything vaguely Egyptian with mummies and whatnot. That is my jam. Love yeah, that it's stuff. It's
0: cool, isn't it? It's is cool. Yeah. So cool. I found out actually the other day that um back in like the Victorian age, they used to sell mummies in the streets to uh <coughs> Western travellers. Oh, literally God. because they they used to go and loot they looted all it was because of Napoleon, because when Napoleon basically opened up Egypt to the West mm. um when he invaded and um yeah they basically did they, they were like there was this huge fascination just kicked off yeah sort of in the late the late 19th century and yeah you'd have you'd have like egyptians selling mummies that they'd literally gone and looted from from their tombs to westerners to and westerners. they and westerners would nice. buy these mummies take them home and then they'd have these mummy parties where they would like unrail the mummy and there'd be always people like cheering and going yeah oh, yeah man. to think that was only two centuries ago yeah not, not even, yeah. Not even, that. Not even that. Two hundred years. Yeah. There were people that would like sell it. Like it's so, it's so. It's like my, my partner Charlotte. It's always like, like whenever we think about where we're going to go on holiday. She's always like, oh, should we go to Egypt? And I'm like, I, I, I'd like to go to Egypt, but I'm just, I just don't want to go into a tomb that's empty.
2: You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> because of that, you know, you've yeah. already took everything. Like, yeah, yeah
0: they've, they've all, they're just like in museums all around the world, or they're like Tutankhamun just does like the circuit of the earth, doesn't it? Yep. Pretty much. Yep. You know, if you want to see Tutankhamun, you have to go to. Wherever he might be, like you know, New York or Chicago yep. or wherever, it's it's such a it's such a shame that they do mm-hmm. yeah. that they? they did that. Mm-hmm.
3: There, well, the, I know that the there's a whole we movement. Ate, we ate okay. a lot of the mummies. Um, oh, yeah, ground, oh.
0: ground ground them up into dust.
3: Yeah, and then, and then and used, and, to cure illnesses.
0: Yeah, thought they would be like. Um, like yeah for for medicine so, so they were magic what? i don't know that seems yeah. like a ridiculous and thing then, to and think. and and then what the, What some of the people did is they because they couldn't because mummies started become really scarce they mm. would get just people off the streets and just like all they dig up they dig up their bodies from like from wherever and just and just be like there you go that's a mummy this is a mummy we not... pulled
2: it from the tomb yeah. of harakaten and uh fucked totally real up. oh my god
0: so fucked up
2: God. Oh, I, so listen, the, the almost Egyptology major in me is crying right now because but, I know all of yeah, this, right, but hearing yeah, it yeah. and reminded me of it, I was like, no! Oh, yeah, uh, right,
3: yeah. Cool plot point. Yeah. Oh, cool, people yeah. people, people, people <laughs> have found <laughs> mummies and they're eating them for the medicinal purposes. And in D&D, maybe they do have medicinal, medicinal Oh god, I can't speak. Uh, medicinal purposes. <laughs> medicinal.
2: medicinal.
3: <They> <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. But this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the be that is a
2: cool plot point. Like you yeah. you're like, what is this mysterious plague overtaking the city and the more investigating you do? Oh, they're eating mummies. <laughs> well yeah,
3: <laughs> That'll there do it. They're sure. <laughs> yeah. not supposed it. to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So
0: um I'm guessing that we we've, we've already sort of shared a few horror stories from uh, mm. our what own sort of experiences. I think uh unless there is anything James you got you've got one of you. Got it. got it's not it's not a
3: horror story yeah. in itself. It's something okay. that I saw on Twitter. Um Ooh. okay. Uh, that someone cool. had reshared from from 2020 um about power gaming.
1: Okay. And okay. I wanted cool.
3: to and I thought it might spark a discussion. Um yep. so Their their comment um, is, uh, elite level power gaming is not about character optimization, though this is important. It's about driving the game, steering the campaign in the direction you want it to go, establishing victory conditions and winning the game. (laughs) The aspiring power gamer
1: must must remove
3: the DM out of the leadership role and make him the impartial referee he is meant to be. You will make the other players follow your lead and assist you and they will enjoy the process, even though they may not understand what is happening uh, as it is happening. Um, What do we think about a player who would try and do
0: that? (laughs) Well, straight straight away, they've they've got the concept of the DM completely wrong. The DM is not the leader at all. The DM is giving the agency to all of the players in order to build a story. You know, and that's the purpose of of the of the game, in my opinion. And whether or not you, the players, all die at the end, or they survive, is just it's just the the effect of the story that you've created. Like you can watch yeah. you can watch any number of of fantastic films and fantastic cinema where the hero dies, you know, or or like the, or like, the, and that's called a tragedy, right? Right. So that's so that's just what happens. It's 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 about the agency of building the story and it's not that's the, I, I, that's one of the biggest bugbears of me with d is that some some players see it as a game to win
2: right yeah. and it's just not but what do you win Combat? exactly
0: like yeah, yeah you're not what are you winning yeah you're
1: not
3: I it, uh, it, yeah it didn't go into any, any more detail about what a victory conditions you can as a yeah, player this, impart th- that, on the table for you to win <laughs> The winning for me everyone miserable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly exactly. Like the the winning for me is that everyone has had an amazing time.
2: That's the winning. Yeah, sure. You know, that's
0: that's that's the we've won because we've all had a great time.
2: (laughs) We've built something. That whole Exactly. Telling a story collaboratively. The the that whole tweet you said it was from Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that whole tweet just reeks of Insecure machismo, you know, like the frail masculinity <laughs> yeah, element of it. What what is it that you're you're so uncomfortable about in your own life that you're trying to win a game where you throw dice and in a fantasy world and pretend to be different characters? Like, what yeah. what? Oh, you must remove the DM from the equation and set him to the impartial you referee know, yeah. referee <laughs> that he is meant to be, or they are meant to be. What? <laughs> really? Really what really
3: is that a job i missed no. that memo.
2: i've been doing this yeah. three and a half years i forgot that, that was uh my job yeah. oops
3: no, our <laughs> job is to uh facilitate the players role playing the characters that they have created and want to yeah. inhabit and giving them the opportunity in the scenarios to to be able to do that and right guide the the story that you want yeah. to tell together um, yeah. i i yeah. always
2: go in being like hey everyone no matter how much combat we do or don't have or exploration we do and don't have or role play we do and don't have in this game at the end of the day the prime the way i run it is this is a story we are collaboratively telling it you have made characters which will be the center points of the story i have characters that will play against and with and around those main characters of yours and we'll we'll figure this out together as we go along so yeah even though they yeah, do exactly. burn down the mansion of uh noble and execute his whole family way before and not in a way that they were originally intended to that's okay that's it's their story and the consequences of this and the repercussions of this i'm certain will be very interesting to see play out as uh, as they turn to each other like are we the baddies oh shit yeah, <laughs> yeah yes
3: yes. The- uh, yes they are if they're listening you 100 are the baddies <laughs> Yeah, am right
2: i i think you know uh, this person obviously has, has it's either very misled or has just had really bad experiences get yourself a dm a role dark dm even um <laughs> who wants to help facilitate the, the story of your character yeah. that is at the end of the day the only thing that we're actually out here to do
3: the only like yeah the only thing i can understand maybe is this is maybe they've had really Antagonistic DMs in the past who right. have felt that yeah. it is their job to kill the players, Um which is yeah. also not true. But yeah, that's totally. if it's a kickback against that, I can see the massive overcorrect that this is. But I, I think they're just a power yep. gamer, and they just uh, like to an extreme level. <laughs> yep. I, really? I probably,
0: I probably have once. Well, it's not not so much over the summer, but definitely in sort of like the colder months of the year, I get an email once a month, I would say, on average, by a DM who wants to be a duck DM, wants to be a professional dungeon master, and their attitude is is that they are against the players. Mm-hmm. And they they don't get the concept of like, because, how could you be a professional dungeon master if your if your whole goal is to kill your customers? Yeah,
2: what do, <laughs> yeah. What, do, what do you do after <laughs> like, that? Like, like thanks then, guys. for playing. Let's get <laughs> yeah, the next cheers. batch of people yeah. who want to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't it's we so don't avoid ridiculous.
3: killing them, but you don't. That's not your goal. You don't set out to do that. Like we we no, of like, I imagine not. we've all had like player characters die in games, right. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, the, yeah. the,
2: the world the world has stakes if the if the world doesn't yeah. have stakes then the game doesn't really have much of a meaning right because then it's absolutely. just a simulator a video game where you can reload your save yeah. um so it has to have stakes again depends on the kind of game you're running i suppose but so, um so. yeah but like if it if yeah. it doesn't have that element then there's what what's the point if it does have that element but you're abusing it then what's the point you have to ride that yeah. fine line in between
0: yeah. absolutely absolutely cool well i think we note. should we should yeah um I think how long we you know hour and eight minutes well i think oh, we've yeah. got time to do some monster voices yeah and okay. what <clears throat> would you guys how do you guys feel about doing undead monsters yeah so we and we can pick we could pick we could pick one for each other i think that might be a good nice. thing to go okay so let's, have, let's have a little look
2: so i'll make it can, random too i'll get my M.M. out
3: yeah let's have a let's oh have actually a
2: you know what you know what, you know what, you know what, I have a good I'm gonna, idea. I'm
3: going to go ahead and use uh, d d Beyond, the uh, <laughs> premier Are, are you online. sponsored, James?
2: <laughs> uh, they... I
3: really wish. Did really
2: they wish sneak into your house and be like, hey, we heard you have a podcast, keep plugging <laughs> us.
3: <laughs> I woke up with... with uh... <laughs> <laughs> one of them at the end of my bed. Uh, I struggled then to remember literally anyone high profile from <laughs> who works on D&D at the moment. Yeah, well, same um, as Matt Bursa.
2: Um <laughs> Nope, nope. I, I actually no. don't know anyone who works at D&D Beyond. Um, I have a better idea for... Well, I'm, I'm comfortable with doing that, but rather than giving you a random one from the Monster Manual, I'm going to go to Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which is oh, full of undead monstrosities.
3: Okay, cool. You know what? I'm going to. I think I've got one for you. um,
2: I think I've got one for you. Are you not using D&D Beyond, James? (gasps) There we go. And
3: I think I'm also drawing from Van Richten's.
2: Nice. I'm ready. Yeah, it
3: is a Van Richten's monster. I've used it in a game. um, I think it'll be interesting
2: to see. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you've got one for me. I'll get one for Rob. And Rob, you get one for James?
0: Yep. Cool. Right. Um, I'm gonna give you James an <laughs> no. Owl Hoon. Did
1: you guys hear that? <gasps> oh yes! yes. <laughs> oh
2: yes! Asking. He just okay, played yeah. into his trap card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. The Mind flayer uh, wizard.
3: Yeah. Mind flayer Owl wizard Hoon. undead. Okay. Um, all right, JC, you've got. Uh, what
0: are we gonna say? What, what's gonna be? What's gonna be the? The script. We'll, just make it up? Uh,
2: we'll make it up. We'll improv. Okay, cool. I'm good with that. Or
0: or type into chat GPT. What or right, right, right. For her, those of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. And for you, Rob, I'm gonna make this yep. random. I'll just flip a couple of pages and point. Ooh, okay. So this is an interesting one. Um it's it's a lugaru. Garou, if you want to oh. say it in the right way how of the, French.
0: How the hell do you
2: spell that? The Lou Garou um l-o-u-p because the p is silent oh, and then uh, another word g-a-r-o-u basically it's a roided out werewolf that's what it is a lu- luga just means me- wolf man um it's just a fancy oh, wow. french version of saying it so yeah it's a van richten's upgraded werewolf basically okay cool so classic monster there oh james you're on mute oh okay
3: just just running, just running by some stuff. Oh, oh, oh also, you're you know. uh, I practicing. <laughs> yeah, practicing. I, practicing it. I love it.
2: All right, what do you got for me, James?
3: Okay, so, uh, oh, a young she.
2: Nice. I think that was next to the page. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like the, the one I landed on. Shang-Chi. Okay, so those are the, um, the East Asian-inspired... Um, undead that basically become catatonic and then rise out and they they hop around vengeful, the, yeah. yeah the vengeful undead very cool i'm so gonna the, get the
3: their descendants up. and their communities they knew in life yeah um yeah
2: yeah they're known as like the hopping dead or something instead of the walking mm-hmm. dead
3: yes that's right yeah <laughs> so they sort of okay uh
2: yes. who's kicking it off
3: uh, well, I mean I we we know I've had a practice, so I suppose I'll, uh, I'll give you a yeah, you Yeah, you, that... <laughs> you, you go for it, James. a
2: Do little <laughs> it, go
0: for James, go for bit
3: it a little bit of Raspy. little uh, So of a would bit of a little
1: bit
3: of a little bit
1: of a little bit of a little big, so puny and the tiny. <laughs> nice.
2: Amazing. Nice. I feel really intimidated. You are so puny and tiny. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I love that. Amazing. All right. Cool. Okay, who wants to go? you want to go next, JC, or should I? Uh, you do it. You can do it. Okay, so
0: uh, <laughs> loop Gnou, is that right?
2: Loop garu is with an R. A strain of
0: life and folk uh more virulent than the, the carried by column werewolves aside from being deadlier than their werewolf cousins, cousins Ganu aggressively spread the plague of life only through the death of a lukeganu might those afflicted by it escape their curse
2: so it's, is that french it is yeah it literally just means man wolf or, or wolf man loot means wolf and um Garou, i think is just like
0: man okay sorry cool. as i'm aware okay so chat gpt giving me a little bit of text Okay. Okay, here we go. Same.
1: <clears throat> Cherished soul,
3: do
0: you feel the weight of my hunger gaze upon you? The moon, she calls me forth, and your fate
1: is sealed
0: in her silver light. Tremble, for tonight you shall dance with the cursed, your fear. You're They fuel the beast within. Mon ami, there's no escape
2: on the claws of destiny. Embrace thy night. For it is your last. Nice. The mon ami was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Hello. Oh. The baguette is after you, next. I'm
0: not sure I did. It, I, did it, I did the French bit for that much justice. No, that was... but, um... That was great. I'll back to it later and cringe as a. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
1: right?
2: That's intimidating, man. I'd be scared meeting a creature cool, like that. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Um, all right. So this Jiangshi. Um, I love this. The little bit of flavor text here. It they these vengeful dead stalk their descendants and the communities they knew in life, sowing terror and taking retribution for the slights or neglected burial sites. That led to their cursed resurrections. Rigor mortis notoriously affects the limbs of a Jiangxi, causing them to hold their arms rigidly and to walk with a stiff gait. The hopping vampires, they're sometimes called. Um, Brilliant. So the artwork for this, if you don't have it in front of you, if you don't know what they look like, is also really cool and inspired. They're wearing like a traditional Chinese top and, and long sleeves, but they have this really terrific undead with like peeling gray skin and long sharp teeth all through their mouth. So I figure it would be something like, um, uh, something like this, you know, the door upsetting setting the scene, the door suddenly poof, bangs open to someone's bedroom in the middle of the night. You rise up scared, look through the moonlit window and see only the silhouette of something before it fully comes into the light. And as it's, as it speaks, and bounces through into your bedroom. It says, Joe, you have left. You have not been to visit me. You have forgotten. Well, I have not forgotten you. You are going to pay for everything that you have ever done. You will join me in my grave.
0: Ooh. Nice. Wow. Yeah, really good. And then you run it. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
3: You were good, very lucky, uh, JC, that Oni uh, weren't technically undead, because that was my. Uh, go yeah. At some point, you're, you're getting an Oni thrown at you. So oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> Get ready.
0: <laughs> cool. Nice one. Well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in to our latest episode. Um, we've got some new games that are coming out over September and October. You can find them on the Roaldark website, k Click on Games, go to Online, and you should be able to find a little thing at the top that says New Games. Click that, and you'll find them there. Or you could just go to the link that's in the description below. Boom. So, yeah, thank you so much to my co-hosts, James and JC. And we will see you guys, or hear you guys, or you'll hear us, in fact, next week.
2: Next week. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Take
1: care. Bye-bye.